Welcome to you, wherever you're at, whomever you are with. We're so very glad that you are here with us this weekend. I do want to uh, mention to you that uh, today we begin uh, our Christmas focus uh, for the season. And, uh, you know, if Christmas is your favorite time of year, (laughs) you're in for a good run. Uh, But if you're on the other end of the spectrum and you just want to get through this, well, uh, hang in there. This, too, will pass. Uh, To launch us into our uh, December teaching series, I want to ask you a question. Uh, Here it is. Have you ever had a difficult time understanding God? And, uh, you know, uh, the word mystery is often associated with God, that uh, God can be uh, difficult uh, to get a hold of, uh, difficult to really know uh, God uh, with certainty. You know, it's kind of like knowing the universe. Uh, The more we explore it, the more we realize how much we don't know. In fact, uh, in business, and I have found in life as well, uh, they often refer to these concentric uh, uh, spheres of knowledge. They are the things we know that we're certain of, and then uh, there are this uh, wider realm of things we don't know, and we're aware of that. But then beyond that are the things uh, we know Uh, that we don't know, and then even beyond that are the things that we don't even know that we don't know. And uh, according to uh, current wisdom, those are the things that can really hurt you, the things that we don't even know that we don't know. Well, uh, I don't know you that well, uh, but I do know this about most of us. How you understand God has a profound influence on how you live. Uh, look, Look upon those words again. How you understand God, even if you don't believe God exists, has a profound influence on how you live your life. You know, if you think God is concerned about sports, well, you're watching a basketball game and uh, the score's tied, time's running out, shot goes up, ball is hanging on the rim, you're going to be praying like crazy for that ball to either fall through the hoop or if you're on the other side of the... the, uh, the score, you're going to be praying like crazy that ball doesn't go through the hoop. And uh, if you understand God as one who's concerned about such things, well, it's going to shape the way you live. Uh, probably much more consequential. If you happen to believe that God prefers people of certain skin color or certain genders or certain politics, it's going to shape the way you live. In fact, you're going to be a hard person to be a neighbor to if you perceive God in any of those ways. Well, uh, here's the truth. Uh, The Bible is filled with examples of people who wrestled with trying to understand God, of trying to know God as God really is. You know, the classic example is a guy named Job. His name is spelled J-O-B. It's not Job. It's Job. And uh, Job, uh, you know, as you read his story, uh, he thought he had God pretty figured out. He thought he had his checklist of how to get on God's good side. He did all the right things. His life was prospering. Well, then he kind of hit a wall in a circumstance, and things started to go south for good old Job. Uh, His crops began to fail. His business endeavors failed. His relationships started to uh, uh, disintegrate. And, uh, in fact, even his faith, he began to question his knowledge of God Uh, Suddenly, uh, Job's uh, understanding of God began to falter, and uh, the God he once thought he had all figured out, and now he 
He hardly knew who he was. In fact, here are some of Job's uh, statements that came out of his heart while he was struggling and wrestling with trying to understand God. In Job chapter 10, verse 18, he, he asked God, why did you even bring me out of the womb? I wish that I had died before any eye had saw me. <laughs> Job is wrestling with his suddenly very confusing experience of God. Job would ask God, why was I even born if it's only to suffer pain and loss? Uh, he says, when I think my bed will comfort me and my couch will ease my complaint. Even then, you frighten me with dreams and you terrify me with visions so that I prefer strangling to death rather than this body and this life that I'm enduring. Well, maybe you can relate to Job. Uh, chapter 10, verse 18, Job would also make this declaration. I despise my life. Let me alone, God. My days have no meaning. Uh, so, you know, Job hit a wall in his uh, understanding of God. And uh, once uh, having thought he had God, you know, pigeonholed, knew how God reacted, how to, how to be blessed by God, uh, suddenly that kind of blew up in his face and in his experience. And one of Job's conclusions uh, before God uh, revealed himself to him in a new way is that uh, who can really understand God? God's unknowable. He's unfathomable. And uh, Job had some pious friends who, who were still kind of of the mindset that, well, here are 10 things you can do to be on God's good side. And they began to pile on Job's misery, giving him their, their uh, pious advice about how to get back in good standing with God. And maybe you can relate to that. You know, this is a theme that has really unfolded throughout human history is people and civilizations trying to figure out what is God about? Uh, how do we get on God's good side? How do we get God to bless our crops? How do we get God to go with us when our armies go out to battle? Uh, how do we stay off of God's bad list? And unfortunately, uh, a lot of religion, a lot of spirituality emerges out of those questions about uh, how to gain God's favor and how to gain merit with God. Uh, how do you get the universe working in favor rather than against us? You know, uh, here's some modern-day uh, authors who have struggled uh, with this understanding or lack thereof of God. Uh, here's one book called uh, Where's God When It Hurts? You know, uh, God can seem really nice and comforting when everything's going well, but how about when things are going south, as in Job's life? Where has God gone during those times? Uh, C.S. Lewis uh, penned a book decades ago called The Problem of Pain, and uh, he basically asks this question, how do you explain a God who sits idly by while people suffer unfathomable pain and heartache? How do you explain a God uh, of that disposition? In fact, Lewis has one quote, one of his books where he's, he's wrestling with his understanding of God. He says, when I sought God for answers uh, through uh, prayer and meditation, I heard the slamming of a large wooden door and the latching of iron bolts. And so for, for Lewis, uh, he ran into those uh, times in life when God seemed unknowable, his mysteries unfathomable. 
And uh, God can be difficult to understand. Let's accept that reality. In, in fact, in today's culture, today's world, uh, we live in an era when certainty about any truth is, is kind of up for grabs. Can, can people really know anything for sure and for certain? In fact, uh, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary uh, proclaimed uh, 2022, uh, the word of the year is gaslighting. And uh, that's an interesting uh, term, uh, but apparently uh, it has become quite, uh, quite a popular one in 2022. In fact, uh, Webster's indicates that searching for the word gaslighting increased 1,740% in 2020. Well, what in the world is gaslighting? Well, it's officially defined as the act or the practice of grossly misleading someone, especially for your own advantage. It's the uh, gaslighting is the act or the practice of grossly misleading someone, especially for one's own advantage. And, and basically, what Miriam Webster's have observed is people are fed up with being grossly misled. Uh, people are fed up with mistruths, and so they've uh, gotten into a disposition of questioning uh, anything that's uh, communicated as certain truth. Well, in that question, uh, people can ask uh, another question. Uh, what's the benefit of even trying to understand God? You know, what, what good does it do me to have a greater certainty about who God is and what God is all about. In fact, uh, one song from my generation by a guy named John Lennon, you may have heard of him, uh, he tried to imagine a world where there was no heaven and hell, there was no God, and uh, his classic refrain was, uh, imagine all the people living just for today, and not uh, yearning for the sweet by and by. And so uh, people today uh, can have that same question, uh, why would I even value the knowledge of God. I've got a lot of other concerns on my life at this holiday season. You can name some of them. I'm anxious about my finances. My relationships are stressed. My investments are wasting away. The world is in a state of upheaval. There's the war in Ukraine. The North Koreans are producing nuclear warheads. There's this growing threat of disaster. The world is heating up and on and on and on. And uh, in the midst of all those pressing concerns, somewhere we can lose the value. What is the value of knowing God more certainly? Well, in case you hadn't ever read the Bible, the Bible's kind of a database filled with the benefits of knowing and understanding this mysterious God. In spite of the wrestling, in spite of the challenges, in spite of the difficulties and the uncertainties, uh, the benefits of knowing and understanding God uh, seem to be what the Bible is all about. Um, you know, when we ask, what would knowing God do for me? Here's just a list of a few of them. It can give us a peace that passes understanding that's greater than the difficulties of this world. It can give us a sense of assurance that our lives have meaning and purpose. It can give us boldness and confidence to face the challenges of life and knowing God and can open us up to a wisdom that's beyond ourselves, can give us direction to make our lives better, our relationships better, our work endeavors uh, more positive. Uh, 
Knowing God with certainty opens us up to provision, a sense of meaning. In fact, one of the songwriters of the Bible, he penned some words much different than John Lennon's. Here's what he said about the benefits of knowing God. Psalm 103, he says, Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all of God's benefits, who forgives all of our sins, covers over our misdeeds and our faults and failures, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from a sense of futility from the pit, who crowns you with love and compassion. Uh, you know, all the days of my life, goodness and mercy will follow me, another psalmist said, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is continually renewed like the eagles. You know, uh, those are some pretty amazing benefits of understanding God and knowing with certainty who God is. Well, uh, the title uh, for this series of messages this Christmas season is simply this, Revealed. And it's uh, when God became known, when God became known and knowable. Really, that is the essence of the Christmas message, is that God uh, stepped into our time and space and made himself completely known through the person of Jesus Christ. Well, uh, we're going to look through the series of messages at the Christmas story according to John, the beloved disciple. If you're familiar with the gospel accounts, there's four uh, accounts, uh, compilations of firsthand witnesses of the life and times of Jesus Christ. They are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You may not be aware that only two of the gospel accounts deal with what we consider uh, the Christmas events or the birth narratives. You know, the scenes, uh, the announcement to Mary that she's going to be with child, uh, the taking of a census, the manger scene in Bethlehem, the magi who come from the east, the shepherds who come from the field, the angelic chorus, you know, all of those wonderful uh, episodes uh, dealing with the birth of Christ are found in Matthew and Luke's gospel. In fact, in Mark's gospel, there's no record of the birth of Jesus Christ. There's no account of Christmas. Mark's gospel just opens with Jesus being 30 years old and coming to meet John the Baptist and to be baptized to begin his ministry. Well, John gives us a unique perspective on the Christmas story. You might say John gives us a cosmic view the bigger view. He's not so much enmeshed in the details of how the birth came about as he is why the birth of Jesus took place and what it accomplished for us. In fact, John, in his prologue to his gospel, he uses a word that's rather important throughout his story of Christ. It's the Greek concept, a term called the logos, and uh, the Greek concept of logos it literally means the word, uh, but really what it's referring to is the full expression of the invisible God. You know, the, the Greek thinkers, even before the time of Christ, they had this idea that the invisible God had expressed himself, whatever gender he might have been, the invisible God had expressed himself through everything that had been created uh, through order, uh, through wisdom and rationale and logic that woven through everything that exists 
is uh, the expression of the invisible God, and that expression is known as the Logos. And uh, John introduces that word in talking about uh, the birth of Christ, the Christmas story, and uh, in a profound, uh, almost bombastic statement, uh, John takes this huge concept of everything that exists as somehow uh, being able to be traced back to the invisible God. And here's what John says about that, that logos, that word. He says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory. You know, uh, this is an amazing statement that uh, John is saying uh, the reason for everything, uh, the mystery of God, uh, the difficult to understand, uh, immense and eternal God uh, had a point in history when that God became flesh and lived among us. It all focused down uh, to a person whose uh, mission was to reveal to us and restore us to a relationship with the eternal God. Uh, here's uh, kind of how John would explain the Christmas event a little bit later in his prologue, John 1, verse 18. He says, look, no one has ever seen God. That's an important starting point for John in our understanding of the eternal one. No one has ever seen God, doesn't matter how pious or spiritual or uh, experienced they may be religiously. The reality is no one has ever seen God. But the one and only Son, this Logos, who was born on Christmas Day, uh, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made God known. That's, a, that's John's Christmas gift to us. No one has ever seen God, this eternal one who is expressed through everything that has been created. Uh, but the one and only Son, Jesus Christ, who we call Emmanuel, has made this invisible God known, has revealed him to us. And, you know, that's going to be the focus of our Christmas series is we're going to unpack uh, how it is that uh, Jesus Christ is fully God, uh, fully human, and how uh, in that uh, combining of those two realities, uh, Jesus Christ made God fully known uh, to people who wrestle with understanding God. I love how uh, a couple of decades later, uh, one of the followers of Christ uh, tried to pen this amazing mystery uh, into words. Uh, here's what he said. Uh, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets, and many times, and in various ways, a little here, a little there. Uh, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he also made the universe. Uh, that's a rather weighty statement about the Son of God. He's the heir of all things, and he also is the one who made the entire universe. Uh, verse 3, the writer goes on, the Son is the radiance of God's glory. He's the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And see, uh, uh, this for John, uh, this is the, the heartbeat of Christmas when eternal God became a human being and lived among us and we saw his glory and we began to understand that God could be known through the person of Jesus Christ. And uh, we want to open up to that reality 
and begin to uh, derive the benefits of understanding God as God has made himself clearly known through the person of Jesus Christ. You know, also a few decades later, a guy named the Apostle Paul uh, would write a letter from prison, and he would use this phrase, the riches of assured understanding. And uh, interesting statement for somebody who was experiencing uh, some of the worst injustices of life. Uh, he said there are riches of assured understanding that uh, the wealth of heaven begins to flood into our very complicated lives when we understand that a mysterious and unknowable God has revealed himself completely in the person of Jesus Christ. You know, one of my favorite uh, sideline Christmas stories is about a guy named Simeon, and uh, he's recorded in Luke's gospel as waiting, uh, anticipating, looking forward to when God would do this marvelous thing, that God would kind of come out from hiding, come out from behind closed doors and reveal himself completely to his people. And we're told in Luke's gospel that this guy was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and God's spirit was upon him, and that he would not die until he had seen God's Messiah uh, he, he, that was what kept him breathing, kept him getting up each day, is he knew that God was going to do something marvelous to reveal himself clearly to his people. And we're told uh, later on in Luke chapter 2, uh, when uh, Mary and Joseph brought the baby Jesus to the temple, he was eight days old, to dedicate him, uh, Simeon laid eyes on him, and he realized, this is it. This is God revealed to us. And here's what he said when he took the baby in his arms. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. And uh, this child is a light of revelation uh, for the people of the world, to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people, Israel. Uh, see, here's the truth. How we understand God has a profound impact on how we live. And God wants us to enjoy the riches of assured understanding that at a specific time in history, he pulled back the covers and he revealed himself completely through the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, would you pray with me? Uh, Father, we want to celebrate this season when we, we mark that the, the mystery has come, become knowable, that we have seen deeply into the, the heart of invisible God, and you have revealed yourself, made yourself known through the Son, who is the radiance of your glory, the sustainer of all things. Lord, those are big thoughts, but they change our lives when we open up to them. Lord, I want to pray for all of us that, like the old song says, let every heart prepare him room, and that, Lord, we would be prompted as we start into this season that really it's a matter of our own hearts. John would say in his prologue that he came to his own, and his own didn't receive him, but to those who did receive him, he gave the right to become children of God. May we be among those whose hearts are open and receptive in our humble circumstance. We make a place 
for your entry in a new and a fresh way. Pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.